Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing part two of a two-part series, What is Wonderful About Men and Masculinity. I want to lift men and masculinity up today. Men and women, masculine and feminine, are divine energies that have been the forces of human evolution since the beginning. We complement each other. It's always been a little difficult to define masculine and feminine because every single one of us born to this earth are a combination of both of these factors. There are a few hard lines of what is masculine or feminine, though there are a few. And all of us can enjoy, experience, and choose from the smorgasbord of things that this life offers within reason. That's why I can only really talk about this topic with a really broad brush, broad strokes, and an unfair generality. And I could never, ever, ever name everything that I love or that is wonderful about men or masculinity in one episode. For lack of a better term, I'm going to use the generalized term good men. This episode is not about the current gender debate, the confusion, the medicalization or the politicalization of gender. Whether you think of gender and sexuality as currently evolving or devolving, I'm not going into that today, though I do have strong thoughts about our psychological health individually and collectively around all of it. This episode is about trying to give young men and older men, men of all ages, a simple rambling, a shining of light, a conversation on what just might be lovely about men. Something that's been missing from the conversation. We have to lift young men up. We have to hold up mirrors that show them their power, their gifts, their light. And teach them how amazing it feels to walk through life with purpose and peace. Men and women have been complements of each other since the beginning of humanity. And all through evolution. So let's be complementary to one another, huh? And let's remember that 
This is my podcast. I've got to do this my own weird way. I can't do it anybody else's way. And if my way is not cool for you, if you don't like it, it's cool to just move along. For some of you, this may be an episode in realizing just how much righteous wrongness has been programmed into you from popular narratives around gender. I'm going to speak simply and casually, and that might be a challenge for some of you that have given yourselves a lot of rules about what's right and wrong around gender or speaking about it or feminism and speaking about it. I don't care about political narratives or people pleasing. I care about getting out grounded, real, useful content that helps us heal, that helps us understand the human condition, and that adds to our awareness and understanding and mental health. At times, I feel like I'm up against a tidal wave, a tsunami of national and worldly dysfunction that's raising the suicide rate beyond what was imaginable when I started my career. We are, despite so much so-called progress, losing ground on mental health in this country and beyond. Those of you supporting me, supporting this show on Patreon, I face that tsunami with y'all at my back. Thank you for helping me continue all these years for offering your support. For this episode, I'm imagining that I'm talking to young boys, to young men, to early adult men, to middle-aged men and older men. And the women that love, support, nurture, partner, and are concerned and want them to be guided and guided well towards health and wholeness. Adults, I will be addressing your adult self and your inner child. I hope that makes sense because it's the only way I know how to do it. And if I sound like I'm speaking to a child, I hope that you find that soothing, not insulting, I often talk to my own inner child and my clients' inner children. I'm a mental health expert, and basically, I try to help people make simple sense out of complex things, and I hope to do a good job of that today. So let's spread some love and light for the men. Firstly, let's talk about bodies, and why not just start here, huh? Isn't it amazing that our bodies have physical characteristics that parallel and show us parts of our feminine or masculine ways? Don't believe me? Now, this might sound funny, but it's true when you really think about it. Men, y'all have the penis. I'm sure you've checked it out. I mean, it's right there, right? You probably consciously found it at two or three, probably before. And that penis, it points. It's like a little extra arm. It points. And we say that masculine energy is directional, like the pointing penis. When men pick a direction, they tend to go after it. It's something I admire most about men. You see it. You want it. You make it happen. You go get it. You are directional. I'm so grateful that men have taught me how to be more directional in my own life And I will always love and have a sense of gratitude about this teaching that I've taken from men. Sometimes women don't like this about men. These women don't know yet that they can be more directional too. But we as women, we have to figure this out and tell ourselves it's okay for us to be directional too, for us to take what we want too. Because we don't grow up having a penis that shows us it's okay, that directs us, that points. 
So we have to learn it. We have to give ourselves permission to have some of that too. Depressed men, guys out there, y'all sort of forget this, that you're directional. Depression gremlins like to make you forget this. And when you're depressed, you can feel kind of droopy in all ways, droopy in the shoulders, droopy in eye contact. Sometimes depressed men get stuck wondering why they feel so directionless or so limp in their lives. But I can teach you a little trick here. If you've ever felt lost or directionless or depressed, well, you can perk up your shoulders, your eyes by picking a direction and making a decision in that direction. And it doesn't need to be the exact right decision. And it doesn't have to be the exact right direction. It can just be the next decision so that you can get some ground, gain some ground, go in a direction like your nature wants for you. That might sound like saying to yourself, I'm going to go get on YouTube and I'm going to learn how to make a table with my bare hands. Or I'm going to learn how to do an oil change in my own car. Or I'm going to apply for a new job as I figure out what I want to do next. Another direction might be I'm going to ask as many girls as I need to out until one says yes. Or I'm going to work hard and buy that car that I want and dream of. Or I'm going to bake a cake from scratch. I'm going to learn how to bake it and it's going to be fluffy and soft. Or I'm going to invest some money for my future. Men, when you feel depressed, it presents differently in women. We are the emotional expressors of emotion. And a lot of the research that's out there about depression is through the female lens of depression. And it looks different in guys. So when we know this, we can take care of ourselves. Women, we can support the men in our lives by helping, guiding and encouraging, not taking it on for them, but guiding, supporting. And that's our nature as caretakers, as receivers, as holders, as comforters, as nurturers. Something that I really love and appreciate about men and masculinity, good men have a strong character. They take responsibility for themselves as a leader. They're dependable. They're solid. They own their mistakes and shortcomings with simple grace. Leadership shows up lots of different ways in masculine form. Some men may lead at home or work like the first person might lead a bunch of hikers on a hike. They might walk out in front making sure that the trail is clear of debris, clear of predators, and using his directional abilities we've already talked about. Some men don't lead like that at all. Some men lead like a famous person's bodyguard, letting others walk in front, go wherever they want to go, and they let others take the lead position so that they can hang back, observe everything, almost, almost become invisible until a moment of threat or danger or need, whether his partner at the head of the pack stumbles and needs an assist or a predator jumps in front ever ready if needed, a quiet protector, a quiet leadership. For men in a way that is simple and beautiful, when a feeling or an interaction is over, when it's done, if they have a fight with a buddy, 
When that fight is over and done, they move on, they let it go, and they move past it with ease. It's one of the reasons that I felt really safe with men, because whenever we have a conflict, I can feel that they can let go of it. If they're a good man with strong character, they can let go of it. And I appreciate that so much. What I've loved about good men in my life is that they feel pretty consistent, secure, rooted in who they are. And they don't put on airs about pretending to be anybody else. There can be a quiet confidence. Something I love and appreciate about men and masculinity is that there are hugs and safety and yes, even a smell. And that might gross some of you out, but the truth is we are creatures and we smell each other just as much as dogs smell us. We really do. We just don't register it. I love those masculine smells, whether that's a nice clean soap or some kind of cologne. I love hugging the men in my life. Now, I love hugging the men in my life so much so that I really had to have a conversation with my now husband about that when we met and were dating. I wanted him to know that I really needed him to be super secure and to trust me that I am loyal and I do not cheat because if he was going to be with me, going to marry me, going to build a life with me, he was going to have to see me hug so many men and really love them and not be threatened by that and trust that I would not love them in a romantic way, but more in a mom way sometimes or a sisterly way or a cousin or a coach or a counselor or a friendly way. That that's something that I need, I value and I appreciate. And I wasn't willing to tuck that away to just make Chris that I love not insecure. So I requested that he become secure around that and trust me. Some men have a soft, easy, like one little arm, quick little hug. It's easy and breezy. I think that if I ever got to meet Willie Nelson and he gave me a hug, it would just feel like nice and, and soft and easy and gentle, but still strong and manly in his own way. Some men have a fluffy, maybe pizza-fueled kind of body that's kind of big and squishy. And it's so comfortable to just kind of melt into that hug just for a moment and just be with that other human being. Some men have wide chiseled muscles, and that feels so different than a soft body. But that feels masculine and strong, precise and intentional. I like those hugs too. Sometimes I can feel like an adult brotherly vibe from a man when I'm giving him a hug. And sometimes I feel that sweet little boy that feels a feminine maternal energy for me. And I like those hugs too. I love when men put a little effort into their appearance. They groom their beard or their hair nicely. And if, if I know that they're lifting weights and I see their muscles getting bigger each time I see them, or they bought a new shirt that's a beautiful color that brings out their eyes, I love noticing and complimenting them. I don't believe men receive enough genuine compliment from all people. And I like it giving that with generosity. And I like seeing them beam with a little bit more pride. Women, we might be more of the sort of peacock, beautiful feathers side of the human condition. But men like to get noticed too. I like how good men try in life, even with their style. And they develop a sense of style that's uniquely their own. 
I love that about all the different men that I've ever had the pleasure of having in my life. I want to share with you some things that might surprise you. This is a list of things that men of their own volition have come to me for over the years as a counselor or as a coach. I have had men show up to me and when I say, why are you here? Many, many, many men over the years have told me, I'm here because I want to be a better man. I wish media shared that kind of story more, that there are so many men, just like there are so many women. There are so many people on the planet that are trying genuinely and authentically to be better people. I wish that got more airtime, more light than all of the atrocities that happen all over the world. When a man shows up saying, I want to be a better man, a better person, that shows insight, it shows drive, it shows intelligence, it shows a desire to go in the direction of better in every way. And it shows that he wants to be a better connector with the other people in his life. He wants to be a better giver, a better holder of space. I've had men tell me that they've shown up just because they want to be a better husband specifically. They want practical tips from me about how to be a better listener for their wife or what would really help her have less stress because they are interested in ensuring the longevities of their family. They want their wives to be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. They want to be a strong force for the family, a loving figure, but not a pushover. They want to know how to be a strong disciplinarian, a healthy disciplinarian. They are vested in growing the security of their families individually and as a unit and having strong bonds. Men are often interested, good, strong men with strong character. They are interested in the maintenance of themselves and their relationships, just like they might be interested in keeping up with the maintenance of a car or a roof or their yards. I've had many men sit with me and say, Nikki, how do I Let the woman in my life know that I like her body. I don't want her down on her body. I don't want her to lose weight. I don't want her to be self-conscious. I think she is beautiful, but she doesn't seem to believe me. It has warmed my heart so much to have men show up to me in this way. So many men who have shown up saying, help me be a better dad. I want to be close to my children. I want to give them what they really need, especially if they're going through divorce. I've had many men show up and say, please help me with this breakup. And often what I find is that many good men have been in relationship with very abusive women. I've walked them through how to do those breakups and stay safe within themselves, keep their boundaries, and then mend their broken heart. I've had men of all ages be with me during the process of them becoming or healing from being a widow, sometimes to the great love of their life. I have shed so many tears with these men. I wish I could show you in picture form or a piece of art the massive size of their hearts. And I wish I could make the news celebrate that more than the violence. Many men have shown up to me to want to eradicate drugs, alcohol, and addiction from their lives. They've shown up earnestly and honestly to work on managing anger They recognize that they grew up with an angry father and they don't want to be and they are here to break the cycle. Many men have sat with me and said, how do I help the women that I love heal from the abuse that other men have done to them? 
They've talked to me very intimately about what happens through their sexual relationship, learning how to help that woman feel safer and come out of her shell and let go of that old trauma. I have to help them know that they cannot heal this for them, but they can be strong pillars of support, love, consistency, security, and strength, and show them what is wonderful about their masculinity to help compensate for the horrors they have endured at the hands of the worst of men. I've helped many men heal from their own systematic childhood, emotional, physical, and yes, sexual abuse. So many men in this country and beyond endure sexual abuse in silence. So much more than women, a lot of those men will carry those secrets to their grave, scared of what it might mean about their sexuality, scared of how people might react, scared that they didn't have enough strength as the stronger physical sex to stop an assault from happening. The emotion that I have processed with any of you who have shown up to work on such issues with me. I want you and everyone to know that you, sweet men, healing men, growing men, men with integrity, you are just as emotional and deep as I am or anybody else. And you are all impressive survivors. And I want you to bask in the amazingness of your maleness as you are nothing like the men who hurt you. And no, you were not destined to be an abuser because you were abused. If you jive with the way that I talk about this mental health stuff, it means you have insight. And that is everything to heal, anything that you need to heal and let go. You were not destined to be an abuser if you were, I promise you. This one might shock you. I've known more men to be romantic than women. Now, women might desire romance more, but men, if they decide that directionality comes out, they go after it. Men make it happen. Men risk rejection in the name of romance and love. They tend to have more comfort showing their love with action than speaking their love. If anybody spent time with very little boys, boys climb. They see a tree or a dining table, a coffee table, and they want to conquer it. They want to get to the top and scream, king of the mountain. They go after what they want. They go after it in business. They might go after learning a new instrument. They might go after an investment. They go after what they want. Men have been having an awakening. And I have so much compassion for men across time, not just the ones that are alive now experiencing this permission to have emotional awakening, to reconnect to their emotional selves. You know, we like to have this story as a culture, and it's certainly a strong story with a whole lot of proof. But we like to say that women didn't have choices in decades past, that the only path for women was a strict gender role of wife and mother and making babies. And we have grown as women to now today to be able to take any and all options we want. But if we look at this same storyline for men, you really think men had more choice? Men didn't have choice either. They had to be the breadwinners. They had to be the providers. And before that time in our human history, they had to risk their lives in war and in battles 
and in finding food. In this way, historically, men have endured so much violence with no choice in it. In part, this is why, as far back as we can know, men have been conditioned, taught, told to push down feelings, to ignore them, in fact, so that they could smush down their emotional humanity to be able to fight, to be able to defend, to be able to protect hunt in the woods alone all night with predators and go off to war completely away from their families. In our more modern society, we are leveling in this way. Naturally, masculinity is to feel deeply. Even men from generations long ago that presented as burly, harsh, feelingless. No good man can be loyal to a family even to a military or to a country without having a depth of feeling and risk their lives for those very things that he felt loyal to, that is proof to me of very deep feeling, very deep commitment, very deep connection to sacrificing the self for the greater good of others. Why don't we celebrate this more? Why don't we teach little boys this kind of truth? We are now just giving men permission to allow the emotions that have been biologically and spiritually always normal and available, but thwarted and smushed by the human condition that has been so full of necessary survival to be able to get all the way to here. Just because we still have far to go in so many ways does not mean that we haven't already come very, very far. I am a strong, capable, trained in self-defense kind of woman. And I so very much appreciate the men who would have my physical back in a second. I like walking the earth with you. And I like being in this time with you of your collective emotional awakening. There is also a linear boldness to men. If we go all the way back to caveman days, men had the job of going out hunting food. We as women, we had to tend the babies, watch out for predators, gather sticks for fire, watch out for weather. We had to do a lot. So our minds developed like a web. That's really great for certain things and completely overwhelming in others. Because of this difference, male brains developed a more linear quality, a more cut through all the drama, all the overthinking and nonsense and just go after what they want in that directional way. In this time where all of us are struggling from a functional attention deficit because of technology, that kind of linear boldness is something to celebrate. It's something to practice. It's something to grow and hold on to. I've benefited so much from giving myself permission to at times let go of my feminine webby thinking, if you will, and lean into my own masculine side to go, how would a man think about this? And give myself permission to practice a linear, a simpler, a shorter distance from point A to point B so that I can have clarity and go after what I want. <clears throat> Men are natural teachers. They're passers down of knowledge of how to do things with their hands. Men typically work on cars, work with wood and their hands are my computer nerdy guys? You guys know how to do things with money and tech. Engineering guys, 
You know how to see how things fit together, what will work, what won't in such a way. Now, I'm going to say it, mansplaining. Yup, a man will explain something to me when I didn't ask. That is mansplaining. I don't like making this bad. I don't like making women the victim of this and men wrong for this. It's, it's their nature. It's your nature, men. From the best of men, that kind of explaining is to ensure that I have everything that I need. That is sent with love and care, not some kind of dominance from a good man. When my sweet husband does this, and I don't need what he's saying, I can say with lightness and ease, that was some damn fine mansplaining, hun, and I'm going to do it my way. Thank you. I've got it. And we can laugh. I know he's mansplaining. He knows he's mansplaining. Guys, y'all feel secure when you're needed and wanted. I know that mansplaining is a way for the man that I love and all the other men in my life that I love to show himself that he is needed, that he is valuable, that he is useful. At my most gracious, I can say, thank you so much. I like your input. I needed that little part. I didn't think about that. Thank you for shining light on that. I don't have to be threatened by a man telling me a way of doing it. I can do it my way or not. I can take a tip from them or not. It's okay from my perspective to allow the men in my life to feel needed and useful. This is not the same thing as being overly needy or some kind of damsel in distress. Basically, I've learned to be confident and capable in my femininity, which also means that if a man mansplains something to me and his wisdom is better than mine, if he adds something, if he brings something to the table, that's not some kind of shot to my feminine nature. I can have gratitude for that. That is the yin and the yang of masculine and feminine. I can grab that, be grateful for it, and add it to my knowledge. There's a beautiful getting it done, nose to the grindstone quality that I've learned from men. And I like how it balances me too. Sometimes this lens, this masculine way of being helps me sink into getting things done faster. If you are a man, you will likely sometimes mansplain. And it's okay to just laugh when any woman doesn't hear it the way that you want and doesn't receive that from you and just roll. We're just humans relating, loving each other, trying to help each other out. We don't always do that with grace. It's okay. Men, y'all are strong and y'all are natural providers. I love that the men in my life will carry heavy things for me. It helps my hands that are a bit pre-arthritic not wear themselves out. I'm in the middle of a move right now. This sweet man I'm married to, I will pack up boxes and he will carry them up and down the stairs and then up and down the next set of stairs that we're moving into. Even men who are smaller in size, smaller than me, and I'm, I'm a pretty small woman. Y'all have a natural strength, stronger than me. These are just body differences. I have a lower center of gravity as a woman, and you have a higher center of gravity as a man. You have a natural, stronger upper body strength, more available than mine. I have to really work to build my upper body strength. Why would I let my feminine ego get in the way here? Men, you are the stronger sex naturally. I'm a small woman. It doesn't make me weaker to acknowledge this. It makes me smart. 
If I have to figure out how to lift or move something that's too heavy for me, I can find tools. I can work hard at it. I can leverage some weight. I can use furniture straps or sliders. But what a way to let myself be taken care of, provided for, and allow the man in my life or a man that's around me that I'm not even related to or don't even care about. It might be like a mover. It doesn't have to be somebody that I have an emotional connection with. I'm okay letting the men around me feel useful in this way and use those natural gifts, that natural strength to provide for me. I will receive that with gratitude. I can melt into this yin and yang. That helps me be stronger and more effective in my life by not having to burn up my energy. I don't hurt myself. I don't overextend myself. I don't wear myself out just to prove I can do everything the boys can. Sure, I can, but I don't always want to or have to. I don't have to prove anything to myself or anyone. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. I want to specifically talk about men's hands. They are distinctly different from softer, smaller, feminine hands. Hands can be rough, showing their hard work, which is a loving act for their families and their loved ones. I grew up with my grandpa being a woodworker and a sign maker and a gardener. One of my favorite uncles was a helicopter and a car mechanic. These men, their hands stand out from my childhood. I can see them as I say this. That uncle, his hands were dark and greasy, dry, stained. They were strong, thick. And even when they were the cleanest, they seemed to have a scent of oil or grease. My grandpa's hands were dry, worn, and calloused from the shovel he used in the garden, from the hammer he used to build birdhouses. There was dirt, the earth, soil under his nails. A faint, continuous scent of Mother Earth seemed to go with him. Chris, my sweet husband, he's in IT, and he paints miniatures. His hands have a masculine but elegant grace and precision to detail when he's painting. I've caught myself watching him paint, but not the paint going onto the object. I've caught myself watching the way that his hands move, how they control the paintbrush, how the process is big, strong, and precise, though delicate. I love it. As an empath, I've been able to feel and learn to decipher when a man's energy is interested in me as a woman romantically or physically, maybe because I was a bartender for a long time. 
that I learned not to take this personally. It hasn't scared me not coming from good men and I can feel the difference. I understood it as a natural and accepted energy and I receive that as a compliment when that happens. I'm grateful that that still happens. I hope it happens all the days of my life. I've certainly felt predatory energy from what I will simply call bad men over the course of my life. And I could feel that those men wanted to dominate or overpower me or put me in my place. A sign that their masculine energy wasn't healthy or balanced. And those men probably needed anger management at a minimum and therapy. And genuinely, they probably needed all through their lives more of what I'm trying to do right now. Men and women being good to them, not harsh. Most men that I've felt wonder if a romance was possible or on the table with me, whether I was single or partnered. And sometimes I could sense that that was just a fantasy about sex because a man's mind thinks about sex almost constantly. There's nothing wrong with that, men, and we don't have to be scared of that or hurt by that or make that wrong in any way as women. I learned to be very clear with my words and my energy so that I was sending no mixed message to these men that have come through my life. And I know that a good man might hear my words, that I'm not interested in them and that that romantic or physical relationship is not on the table and never going to happen. And they might hold out for a bit to see if that's true. Especially because in our culture, people, men and women, if you are straight or gay as a man, can play some cat and mouse, some intentional mixed messaging. Like, I don't like you, but I want you to chase me. I want you to work for it. Which is a very convoluted mixed message game. So I've learned that with a good man, if I am consistent in my words and energy as a woman, consistent that nothing sexual or romantic is on the table and will happen ever, that pretty soon I can feel as an empath them let go of that hope. Good guys let go of that hope. Master manipulators don't. Good guys shift into seeing, believing, and genuinely feeling me as more of a sister or a friend. I very much empathize with how confusing it must be to be a man and try to navigate mixed messages from women, women that friend zone them, but still kind of flirt. Good men accept what women offer. And in this way, no more or no less. When I am in my integrity of my power here, it helps a good man figure out where they stand with me. And then we can build a really solid relationship if that's what we want. I want to share this from my story in closing, just to share it. I'm not totally sure why. I just feel called. That's intuition for you. It's easy to look at my story, particularly my trauma story, and go, sure, Nikki is enthralled with male energy. She clearly has the market on daddy issues. I mean, not one, two fathers really abused her, neglected her. And sure, you can make that argument and you can make it a strong one. I have memories in kindergarten and for many years after as a child. My youngest sister was born when I was five and I'm one of three girls, but I was already before my youngest sister was born, begging my mother for a brother well before my parents divorced, when my father was in my life daily, before I had any abandonment wound. This was long before I was abused by my stepdad sexually 
and before my grandfather and functional father died when I was 17. I can remember arguing with my mother that I didn't just want a brother, I wanted an older brother. I remember her trying to explain that to me at between five and 10, that that was truly impossible to get an older sibling. I think I wanted male guidance. I liked that energy. I trusted it. Something about it felt like a yin and a yang, like puzzle pieces that fit together. I've always loved male energy. I was one of 16 grandchildren on my Grammy and Grandpa's side that I most talk about on the show. And out of those 16 kids, 12 of us were girls. And of the four boys, I was really gaga over three of them. For me, there has always been something so grounding and caring about masculine energy when it comes from good men. And I've needed that compliment of good men to help me grow more fully into my femininity and let go of the ways that bad men have hurt me. I am a feminist of my own definition. I don't identify with any wave of feminism at this point or what anybody else is going to tell you that word is and define it. It's my definition. I'm not willing to give up the word. My feminism, the feminism that I was taught in feminist theory and counseling by Dr. Barbara Herlihy during my master's program is about lifting up all underdogs. And in that way, my feminism is about lifting up pretty much everyone who's had struggle and wants to grow and is taking responsibility for themselves no matter what they've been through. I've always loved men. And I hope you out there listening, I hope you allow yourself to love what's wonderful about men too. And men out there listening, I hope you give yourself massive permission to love yourself more deeply and fully than ever. The world and other men, particularly younger ones who look up to you, they very much need you to do so, not to mention your inner child. The call to action is that you can be down on men and get on these narratives. You can also be silent on men. Or you can be part of the change you want to see in the world. Part of the powerful butterfly effect. And you can do your damnedest to lift men up and spread goodness. How could any of us think that we have more power than this to change the dynamic of school shootings and unnecessary violence and suicide? I have been wanting to do an episode on what I love about men since the very first year. In some ways, I'm so sorry it's taken me so long. And in other ways, I hope this is a new beginning of celebrating what is masculine. Women who are out there, we lose nothing when we celebrate the masculine. The more that we lift up the masculine, the more that we lift up our daughters who are going to date partner and marry with them and reproduce with them. This is good for humanity. There is no downside. I am advocating that we let go of this toxic masculinity narrative. I can't see one good thing that it does for anybody anymore. It started to highlight some of the worst. We all know what the worst is. Now it's time to shift and move on. I very much believe that we change the world one person at a time. That's why you hear me passionate in this episode and every damn one I record. You have so much power. And I know there's so much that goes on in the world that we look at and we go, my God, I could not feel more powerless. That's just a feeling. Don't go into that. Don't grow that feeling any bigger. Push it aside. Step into your power. We all have the power to be the change we want to see in the world. 
I love you women. I love you men. I love you gay people. I love you straight people. I love you people that are figuring out your gender. Let's be more loving. If you want to learn to love yourself even more and have really healthy boundaries, come check out my boundaries course. It starts in October. We're going to blink it. It's going to be there. Come find out more at emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. If you're interested in immersing yourself in what I teach, Patreon is a fantastic place to dive in for a couple bucks a month. You can dive into all the content there. You can see how other people respond to it. You can instantly download the exclusive episodes that are not available here on this public feed. They're available nowhere else other than Patreon. While you're at Patreon, you can get the biggest discount code to the Boundaries course. This is how we take care of our patrons who take care of us, taking care of you. This is a big circle of care, of intention, of personal growth and development, of intending that the world be a better place and us holding our own personal responsibility to make it so first internally in our lives and then from our healed place, we are able to give more to the people around us, not less. That's what good boundaries actually let us do. You think I could get an episode out every single Monday for four years? Take vacations, deal with the chaos of life. If I didn't have good boundaries, good boundaries actually helps us serve each other more. If you feel called, come find out more. Light and love. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. And yes, we are changing the world. I will see you right here next time with a brand new episode. Till then, take care and bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.